All right. Welcome to Leave Nothing Undead, uh, Mazenod College's community podcast. My name is Beth Murphy and I'm the Assistant Deputy Principal of Mazenod. And today we're here to celebrate National Refugee Week. And the 2022 theme is healing. So Australia and the rest of the world have a once in a lifetime opportunity to hit the reset button on how we behave towards one another. The importance of human connections has been underscored by the pandemic and such lessons can help us in so many ways. Mainstream and refugee communities alike can draw upon shared hardships to heal wounds, to learn from one another and to move forward. And healing can, can occur through storytelling and through community. So it's with real great pleasure today that uh, sitting with me is Mr. James Wani. Welcome, James. Uh, thank you, Beth. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you. Now, uh, James, you are teaching one of the most hardest subjects in, in my book, and that's your mathematics teacher, aren't you? Oh, uh, no, it's my cup of tea. I love math. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so we're very different cups of tea here. <laughs> so, um, James, the reason that you've um, graciously agreed to join us is because it is National Refugee Week, and here at Mazenod, there is a place for everybody. Andrew um, talked about that all the time and uh, you are in fact a, um, a refugee yes I am um, a true refugee um, by all the definition I'm a true refugee yes. wow so this is really inconceivable inconceivable for most of us here um, at Mazenod and sitting here and people become refugees placed for a number of reasons so do you want to tell us about where you're from um, and your, your childhood experiences? Oh, thank you, Beth. Um, I'm from South Sudan. Um, I was born in South Sudan, um, but I know little about Sudan because just at the age of five, and, okay. and that's where I spent most of my life in the refugee camp in Uganda, not until I came to Australia in 2005. Wow. My eyeballs, people can't see, but they're just shot off my face. So what was the refugee camp like in Uganda, James? Uh, it was tough. It was a really tough life. Um, um, when we got to Uganda, we were living in tents. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, where we were uh, the first month, we were attacked by the low resistance army, in the refugee camp in Uganda. And then the UNHCR decided to move all the refugees to another place uh, called Keradonga Refugee Camp. Um, in this refugee camp, there was completely nothing. It was just like forest. Uh, there were only bar holes and all that, that few things. So they gave us tents just to start life from scratch. And that's when I lived all my life, and uh, not until I came to Australia. So you lived entirely in Uganda? In and uh, in that refugee camp, there were about 30,000 people. And, uh, sorry, 30,000 people. And, and uh, they were giving us food ratios. Yep. Um, most of the time, the food ratios were not enough. But good enough, they give us a piece of land so you can supplement on what uh, the food that they were giving us. So we used to grow things like sesame, uh, corns, and things like that to supplement on, on what the UN were giving us. Uh, they used to give us beans, uh, oil, and a few other things. But what we used to grow was those sesame and all that. We would sell part of it so that we would use the money to buy salt, soap, and a few other things just to necessary uh, stuff. For yeah. That is a long time to live in a refugee camp, James? Um, it, it was really a long time, but it became like home. Uh, because I remember from just the age of five, for us, we knew nothing. It was just it was home. The, the good thing with the refugee camp was uh, there were no gunshots. 
because in South Sudan, um, just from when I was born, we were just hearing gunshot. It became like a normal way of life. The advantage was in the refugee camp, although there were difficulties, but there were no gunshot. You were not running to the bush and coming back. So that was that was a plus. So you were safe. We were absolutely safe in Uganda. We were safe, and that for us was what we were looking for because we were safe. And when you say your parents took you, are you? Do you have many siblings or siblings? I've got my sister here in Australia with me. Right. And all my parents and other siblings are in South Sudan right now. They're still there. They're still there. Yeah. So, how? What did you know about Australia? How did you get here, James? Uh, we knew very little about Australia. Oh, uh, what I what I what I can remember, you need to go to Australia. Okay. And that's all that I knew about Australia. But for us, when we were coming, um, we actually we did not bother whether we were coming to Australia or or UK or America. We just wanted to get out of Africa, yeah. anywhere, and and so we were lucky to come. Gunshot in your in your childhood, and you had to leave your homeland and become a displaced group in Uganda. Why was education so important enough for you to leave everybody and and come to the other side of the world? Um. All I knew in my life was extreme poverty, absolute poverty. And um, just from younger age, we knew that to break that cycle of poverty, uh, it is for me to go to school. There was no any other way out. Just to study as hard as I could and get a good job and just help my parents out because the poverty was too much. And were mum and... Um, were Mum and dad, big advocates of education with you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I was out of all our kids in the family. I was one of those who were really doing quite well at school. Mm -hmm. And for them, they were the emphasis. I could tell uh, that they just walked away. And with that, you obviously speak beautiful English, James. Um, was that something that you developed and learnt when you were in Australia or were you were you speaking English back in Uganda in your South Sudan? Uh, when we got to the refugee camp in Uganda, uh, we, I studied my primary school and there were no good classes, there was no nothing. And the education was, the classes were in under trees. And so that's when we started learning English, A, B, C, D, and all these things. Mm -hmm. just, just under those trees, yeah. James, I shake my head to you because it's just a world that I, sounds like a story. And your, that was your lived experience? That is absolutely my lived experience. Um, I lived through all the difficulties, but uh, um, I was not going to give up. Mm. I, I, knew, I knew somehow, I knew that it's a place for me in the world. And um, it, it, will it will change. And it's, it has changed. It's a, I, and you are probably one of the happiest teachers walking around campus. You've always got a smile on your face. How, how is that possible when you've, you've suffered, you know, those things? But how, how do you put things in perspective? Uh, look, I'm very lucky that I went through all those difficulties. And every time I walked around, in my head, I'm comparing where I came from and what I'm seeing here. And if I see someone is not happy, I'm just wondering, you haven't been to a refugee camp. Um, what better place can you be than to be here and smile? opportunities that people are just nice people just I, I, I just make me happy 
itself. And this would be at Mazunet itself. For me, it's just about... Yeah, you love Mazunet, oh, don't yeah. you? I, I do. <laughs> I absolutely. <laughs> we talk about that a lot, don't we, James? How much you enjoy being here at Mazunet and working with the boys. Um, the other day, I was on duty and you were out um, playing King of the Pack with some of the senior boys. Um, how's your footy skills? Uh, it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> <laughs> Through the training from the boys yeah. and, and the encouragement, uh, it's getting better. And they were asking me, what team are you going to join the side? All the things. So, oh, yeah. bless. Yeah. James, what was the most difficult part about leaving in 2005, leaving Uganda? Uh, leaving my parents. That was the most difficult part. And I remember um, we were all in tears um, because I knew they were not going to meet again. Maybe. Okay. And uh, I live all my my life with my parents, all the troubles, all the running, the refugee camp, we all struggle together. And they're getting a bit older. Yeah. For them to lose me or to see me gone like that, mm. it was really tough. And even now, still. Yeah. Are you in, do you keep in contact with them? Yeah, because of the technology has really yep. made things very easy. Uh, we can now chat on WhatsApp and, and Messenger and Phone call, so yes. So your family have gone from fleeing gunshots in the South Sudan to living in a refugee camp to being able to use WhatsApp to keep. Absolutely, absolutely. What a change! I know. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm, it's everything that comes out. I'm flabbergasted, but how beautiful um, that you can still have those connections and that there is that those opportunities now in Uganda. Are they still in Uganda? Uh, no, they've gone back to South Sudan. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've gone back to South Sudan. I remember when it came to refugee came because I left my, all my other family members in, in South Sudan. Mm-hmm. They were separate because of right. the war. Yep. And they used to write letters yep. to send it to Uganda to my dad. And it will take months. And this letter will come through Red Cross. It will take months and months before the letter can arrive. But now... WhatsApp. WhatsApp. <laughs> So, James, you talked about education. What made you want to be a teacher then? You've learned under the trees. You've done all these amazing things. What, how did you get to, I want, I want to be in education? I, um, so when we got to the refugee camp, people were really very, um, the level of education very low. Mm-hmm. including. Okay. And we used to, even in the refugee camp, we used to kind of have our problem. We used to fight yeah. even in the refugee camp. But Slowly, slowly, people started going to school. Mm-hmm. They started going to, and I could see personally. I could see that it began to change people's kind of life, people's way of thinking. The violence became less and less and less. And I knew it makes you to think really right, mm-hmm. um, forgive, say sorry. Um, it changed my life, and I think if I can guarantee you a hundred percent. Through my experience, mm-hmm. if you really work hard in education, it will change your life. And that's what I want to give to those students of Mazinet for. And if there's one thing that the boys can and the parents can hear from from this podcast is the that passion for education and the ability for it to take you anywhere and everywhere, mm-hmm. um, irrespective of where you've where you've come from and your experiences. It's just amazing. Do you have what was it like when you first got to Australia? Um, positives. Um, the first positive is that I'm not used to a culture where people say sorry a lot, mm. but people say sorry here, and I wish I would take that to South Sudan. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
um, something very little and some, someone say, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Or are you doing all right? Yeah. Or just checking on someone else or uh, the generosity. Those are positive. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other thing, the, maybe the, the negative is that people, um, the neighbors seem not to that sense of community but it's not like my community. It's not like being in a refugee in camp, a refugee living camp, in tents. Yeah, living yeah. in tents and yeah. and all that interaction to survive together as as a group of people. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. we do have a little bit. We do tend to isolate ourselves in, in that manner. Yeah, I think it's cultural. I yeah. I begin to understand that, but yeah, yep. that's a bit of shock to me. Yeah, and you have um three beautiful. Yeah. I've got four too. Oh yeah. Oof, it's a lot. That's I, why we come to work. <laughs> <laughs> now you have four beautiful children were they born in australia yes they're all born in australia actually when i came i had a girlfriend i live in uganda yeah after five years she was in uganda i was here in australia then 2009 she came and straight away started having kids yes. started having kids all right and do you share your experiences with your children do, do you use that as a way of giving them perspective about their own lives um, when they are facing challenges? Yes. Um, if something, if I can teach my kids something is that um, resilient. You, know, you have, just have to be resilient like what, what I've gone through. And I use that kind of uh, my love story to mm. share with them. You can make it. There's nothing that can. You know, just have hope and faith and yeah. you will achieve it. Yeah. I share Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. James, I'm going to ask you one last question and then... Um, we can, I can start the day on the most positive note that I can after this conversation. Mm-hmm. What's your message for the boys that you teach? What's the message that you'd like to leave with them when they leave your classroom on a daily basis or at the end of the year? Um, I think there's people want to be successful. There's a more emphasis on success. You, know, you need to pass by all means, or you need to. But there's some moment whereby if you don't, if you don't pass, it's all right. If you think they don't go the way you, you want, mm. that's a part of it. Mm. That's part of it. As long as you know that you've given 100%. Okay? You need to be really, really, really honest with yourself. Have I given my effort? Was I, have I given 100% in this in this work? And finally, there's this quote that I usually use. That hoping for success without working hard is like boiling an empty pot and hoping for soup. Yeah. So is what the boys will, will find in your classroom? Absolutely. Absolutely. I will tell them, are you giving, no kidding, no joking. Are you actually giving 100%? Be honest with you. Yep. And if, you, if the result will say itself. And you will do that. Try to, to um, tell the kids that if I can do it, with all the challenges, you can. James, I am absolutely floored by your story and I'm so thankful that you felt that you could share it with me and with the wider community listening today. Oh, thanks so much. I hope um, this, our student can listen to this and it will change you know, this perspective a bit. And well, I'm you. certainly going to start looking for the positives. So I love that you came to a whole new country and it's like, how was it? And you go, let's talk about the positives. And I think that's what, what sets you apart. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love the positives and, and 
And a bit of a negative day as well. So. <laughs> I know, but that came second. I yeah. think in Australia we'd go, right, these are all the things that are wrong, yeah. but this was really good, whereas you flipped it around. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and for me, the positives are more than the negative, so I loved it. Thank you. We love having you here at Mazenod College. You're loving being here. Um, and the boys are still loving teaching you their footy skills. So I'm hoping to see you out on the Oval again. This is my home. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Did you hear that, Mr. Watson? <laughs> Thank you, James. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. So subscribe, like, do whatever it is that you have to do to ensure that you're up to date with what's happening here at Mazenod College, Western Australia. Hey gents, leave nothing undead.